Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome back to De Colores Radio. This is episode 88. Shout out 88 Kilo. Um, we're coming back from a break and this is actually our very last episode of 2021. Um, we hope you all have felt some peace and joy recently. And as always, thank you all so much for listening. I am so honored that you're here with us. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and this is De Colores Radio. Uh, last episode, we were actually joined by some of Dallas's finest. Roger, a.k.a. Hollywood Roof, and the Jesse Supreme joined us right before we went on break and shared some of their stories. It was a great time with good laughs and good energy, so be sure and check that episode out if you haven't already. Um, and then we were very excited to take a much-needed break. <laughs> um, as we've mentioned before, it took a lot for us to come back from... Um, the quarantine-based hiatus, um, and so it's been a really major year of evolution for the Colores, um, and so I definitely want to thank you all for rolling with us as um, this comeback was really difficult <laughs> for us, um, and I wanted to clarify a bit more of what has happened in hopes that it'll allow for um, more healing and transparency and, and full circle um, adjustment as we move into the new year. Um, you know, in this different foot. So I know it seemed kind of vague and obviously we mentioned it, but our um, original co-founder, uh, Rafael, did step back um, because he was very busy um, and it was unfortunate because it seems like there was, um, I guess, some tension and things. And so I'm not really sure what happened. I definitely have tried and and we tried to have some conversations and they didn't go as planned. Um, and I haven't really heard from him since, right? Um, and so I'm saying that not to be shady or rude or disrespectful by any means, but to clarify to you all that we um, definitely appreciate everything he's meant to the foundation of the Colores um, up to this point. And, you know, we're excited to be moving forward um, in the direction we've been going as this sister-led organization. So um, I want to say that because I know we were involved very deeply with the Oakland Cultural Center. We are no longer affiliated with them, haven't been for this entire year, essentially. Um, and even things like 214 Selena, which we were a part of, we have received no word on um, and we're not contacted about, which has been a bit heartbreaking to process. Um, so I'm saying all that with love. Um, and as I try to also, I guess, make sense of it. Um, so... I am grateful for all the experiences I've had up to this point with those with those entities, and I'm looking forward to, um, you know, spreading my wings um, in these different directions as our own uh, our own led organization as sisters and as the community alongside um, you all. So that is what I wanted to clarify because I know those questions kept coming my way, and I do believe that uh, this our our city. Our city has a lot more work to do to really support radical artists and people and movers and shakers um, that are trying to make that happen. 
Um, so we appreciate everyone who's been along with us for the ride and as we continue to evolve. Um, and that is really all I wanna say about that because um, I am ready to move on and heal myself. Um, so with that said, I am absolutely honored, thrilled and very excited to be bringing on some people that deeply inspired me in a moment when I really needed them to feel seen. Um, in a little bit, I will be bringing in Kentucky-based artist Lanaya Roberts, one of my dearest friends for The Juice. And then a little later, we will have the writer and cultural shifter Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez as our guest today. It is going to be divine. So remember, if you'd like to see the full, raw, unedited video version of any of our latest episodes, you can always subscribe and get exclusive BTS content at patreon.com slash decoloresco for as little as $3 a month. Please consider doing this. We are a completely independent Latina queer run organization, um, and we'd love to become a sustainable platform, um, which, of course, is our goal. You can do that at patreon.com slash decoloresco or directly through our website, decoloresradio.com. With all of that said, because that was a lot of emotions and things, um, can I please get my sister in the chat? Where are you at, Pat? Hi. Hey, hello. What's up? <laughs> How you doing? How's New Mexico? Um, it's windy, but you know, I'm kind of ready to be back in my Texas roots. Get, get some tacos and be with my family. So I'm looking forward to give you a big hug. Wow. Um, Same, honestly. <laughs> no, I'm getting emotional, but it's also just because I'm really happy that we do something together. Just proud of us. So was not expecting that, but um, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It's been a be rough year, y'all. We kept it together really well. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and I'm glad that we're doing this, and I'm honored to have the guests that we have today um, to continue growing this um, community space with you virtually and beyond. Um, and to all our team, shout out to Jeremy. And, shout out to yeah. Jeremy who helped keep us together as well. <laughs> um, I didn't yes. think I was going to cry this early, but okay. <laughs> Here we are five minutes in, my mascara is going to mess up. But um, no, I didn't wear no. makeup for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, all I have is on is mascara, and I'm already my eyes are burning. But yes, I'm happy to be here. Love you. Can't wait to give you hugs proud of your growth pat i appreciate you really stepping up this year and i also look forward to our evolution and we have more announcements to make maybe later in this show of some of the directions that colores is going in which is really Ooh. dope so very yes. excited about that um we have to keep going because we have a lot in store so that means it is time for everyone <laughs> my eyes are burning bro i know you look like an alien that's like <laughs> newborn on planet earth um <laughs> With that said, it is time for everyone's favorite doo -doo -doo -doo, meme mood. I want to give you all, our listeners, an insight into our personal energy, into how we are feeling right now, into the reality of our existence. This is what I consider the modern day diary. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for meme mood. What you got, All right. Pat? All right. So let me pull up my meme. Um, so I don't know about you, but lately I have not had 
total motivation to do anything. I don't know if I'm cocooning and getting ready for Capricorn season, or I'm just like the stress of the holidays and end of year and another seasonal trip out of the sun, depression. seasonal depression, all of that stuff, all of those feelings. I have not wanted to get out of my bed. So um, my me mood today is this little tiny adorable kitten in its little bed. It says me and my silly little bit bed avoiding my silly little task, which has been um, my mood for the last uh, few days. Um, so yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also like very cold here. So when I wake up, I don't want to like move out of my bed because sometimes I wake up and then I look at the weather and I'm like, cool, it's it's like 20 degrees outside. Um, so yeah, that's my mean mood um, for this week at the moment. How are you feeling? What's your what's your mean mood? Well, I was thinking in the scope of 2021, I really wanted to highlight a, a, a meme figure, an internet icon, who I think really won 2021. He's kind of been reigning for a minute, but the Drewski, uh, he has really, um, this specific image is kind of him kind of saying like, I don't know, that's none of my business maybe, or something along those lines, a little bit confusion, a little bit, let me step back. Um, which I also feel that because there's just so much going on that I'm like, you know what, let me just let me just go ground myself and uh, stay out of this because um, I feel that. And also Drewski really has some of the funniest Internet shit out there. And I really think 2021 was his year. <laughs> so I wanted to highlight a general meme figure um, that has definitely brought me some joy. And it's been really interesting to see. I often think with Drewski, I want to see um fat funny women get the same treatment um because i don't think we do and i see men having the ability to do that and i'm like okay great because then i see nicole byer getting bullied on the internet and i don't like that so of course as there is these positives i always want us to remember that we have improvement to do and there is privilege um that fat men also have but also drewski is definitely hilarious and i appreciate the joy he brings to all of us on the internet world so shout Most out to definitely. him for being the meme king of 2021 for me <laughs> he's a good pick he's a good pick thank you thank you all right so now that we've gotten our meme moods that means we are in the clear we can go full speed ahead into the Sailing. juice and i can bring in one of my favorite people i'm very honored to be chatting with um my conversations with her have in a lot of ways saved my life and reminded me of who the hell I am. And so I, I feel like I'm letting y'all into my heart a little bit by bringing in um, this next person. So I want to welcome, um, this is The Juice, where we discuss the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. Please welcome to the show, Lanaya Roberts. Hello. Hi, friend. How are you? I am wonderful, even more wonderful now that I'm here with you all. You know, oh, this is a dream for me. me. I've been wanting to have you on the Colores Radio since it started. Oh my gosh, that is, it's, this is such an honor. I'm like, I literally almost have no words in. You know I, mean? I always got some words. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, before we jump into our juice topics, because there's a, quite a few, I wanted, I wanted you to tell us a little bit about yourself. I see some of your beautiful artwork yes. behind you. Thank you. Um, I am a world-traveling, wonderful, yes. Yes. joyful yes. artist here, um, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, 
Um, I am a trained, right? Shout out Louisville. <laughs> um, I am a trained painter, um, but I, I basically let the concept of my work choose me in some mm-hmm. way, or, or the media, the concept choose the medium in which I work in. Um, and so I kind of, you know, usually say that as a plus size black woman, like I have normally been put into a box throughout my Mm -hmm. life and it's a Mm -hmm. disservice to put myself in a box of any kind. So definitely every day I try to work on just practicing freedom and choice of what to create with and how to create myself. You know, Um, I just recently started creating art again uh, since graduating from college with my BFA about almost three years ago or Mm -hmm. it has been three I'm not sure but in 2019 um and uh you know there was a lot of a lot of negativity that I received during you know during college and PWI you know being a black woman and artist searching and, and and creating from our heart um and having a lot of white professors that just didn't get what I was doing um and I had a lot of critiques in my mind just like kind of continuously floating for years um 2021 has been the year where I was just like you know what I think I'm done letting these voices rule like Mm. my life um I'm tired of not seeing myself and and just really being able to see all the things that I have going on in my heart out in the physical through art through through um, pieces of, of work that mean the world to me because they mean the world to me, not because right. I'm thinking about other people. And that's enough. My, yeah, and that's enough, right? And mm-hmm. so um, I recently got in an art studio here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, you know, I, I started painting immediately once I had a space to myself that was dedicated just to my art. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been a beautiful, I got the studio in August. And so it's just been a beautiful and amazing journey since I've had incredible, um, you know, career opportunities that have just kind of got me back into the art scene here in my hometown. And, you know, that's how it all starts, you know, of hometown it all starts at the hometown. Then we, then you move up, you know? And so this is definitely a buzzing season for me and I'm, I'm really thankful and excited because you know that depression almost got me oh that that depression and anxiety Ooh. almost took me out you know of course it couldn't because I'm Lanaya and Hello. I am who I am Amen. and I'm also protected you know and, and guided um uh by the most high but <laughs> I I say all that to say that it, it was such a struggle to fight for my power mm. and, and fight for my voice. And so um, basically who I am as an artist every day doing what she got to do to to fight the enemies within that want to want me to be silent um, right. to speak out. Um, right. uh, and so, yeah, I'm winning. I'm staying winning and we ain't never going to lose. Period. Amen. <laughs> see, y'all see, I have to end the episode already because she took us to church so fast. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Well, I, I do want to share how I met you briefly, if I can. Yes. Obviously, I can talk for forever. Lanai and I are those people that, like, we can't get off the phone and we'll be on for three hours. And we're like, all right, girl, I'm kind of tired. Right. Uh, probably hang up now. And then we something else comes up or, you know. But mm-hmm. I, I actually met, uh, and I do deeply believe in divine timing and uh, the universe coming together to really make things align because, this episode was supposed to happen sooner and it did it. And then it happened today. Um, and I'll get to that here shortly, but also like my connection with Lanaya was actually due to Ari, who is my best friend um, that you all have met. And she helped curate our art shows when we did those in person. Um, but she sent me this video when we were in college, I believe we were sophomores, maybe juniors. And she said, Hey, this video of this girl reminds me of you. And I was like, okay, sure. But it was like, at that point, I hadn't seen any like fat women of color really owning their their power and their loving themselves. And so obviously, Lanaya was mo- mostly speaking about her visual art. But Lanaya was doing videos with Huffington Post and all these major institutions in college. Because not only does she create beautiful work, she also has an incredible charisma and just way of being (laughs) and her entire university knew her for it and they she had a big old viral following and everything she's being real (laughs) humble of course but she had this video and I'll have to share it later maybe on our page where she's kind of talking about herself and her body and loving herself and embracing herself and her art at the same time And I had never felt more seen. And I was shook because I said, you know what? I feel the same way about my body, but I had never heard anybody say it. Mm. And so I said, I have to, I told Ari, I have to be friends with this girl. I've never (laughs) met anyone like me in this way because I didn't hate my fat body in the ways the world wanted me to. And I knew I was beautiful and I, you know, all these things. And so I found her email and I started emailing her and I was like, Hey, I'm going to New York soon. Can I visit you? Can we become friends? And I think it took us like four years after that to finally meet. I'm pretty sure. In person. In yeah, person. It was like at least three, at least three years. Yeah. It took a while. College, so yeah. I think yeah, you were like years. about, no, you were like two years off of graduating. I had already graduated, but it's been such a beautiful, like, kind of internet connection and we've met in real life now like three times yes i think so out of the like seven eight years of friendship probably seven Mm -hmm. years probably maybe i don't even know seven seven or eight but it's been really beautiful and i'm just really grateful for lanaya and hopefully i i already received a word from her even saying like i wasn't doing art for three years and i came back to my own space and now i can't stop and i think that's a word for people as well because Mm -hmm even like Pat's me mood was saying is like, it's hard for us to feel really um, motivated to keep creating and to do things. And it's like, sometimes it's okay if we don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's a good message already. I mean, yeah, it's for sure. like important for us to oh, know I'm about sorry, rest. Pat. No, that's okay. I was just gonna say it's important for Absolutely. us to know about rest. Absolutely. I mean, when's the last time you went up, to, walked up to a tree and you know during the times of of this year right and cussed it out for yeah. for letting its leaves fall you know mm. what i mean and, and and then when's the last time you went up to it three literally like four months later still no right. leaves right like when are you going to come back to life like right. when like when's the last time you did that like we literally 
are like the trees. We're, we're made up of the stars, right? We're made up of these things that naturally have seasons of rest. Um, and nobody cares, like nobody, but but like we're a part of this thing. We also, it's it's things like capitalism and, you know, Hello. that make us think that we are machines. Mm-hmm. We have to continuously mm-hmm. be going and running. And but we are this, nothing if we're not going. If we're yeah. nothing, we're worth nothing. And that's not the truth, yeah. you know? The truth will set you free. That's how, I, that's how I've been able to to become more free every day. I'm just like, okay, is this like thing that's running across my mind making me feel free? And when I think about freedom, I think about a little bird just flying. Mm, Do I feel like I'm flying right now or do I feel like I'm sinking? And that's how I listen to the voices in my head. Like, are you sinking me or are you rising me? Mm -hmm. You know, and if, and and so that's, capitalism capitalism sinks us, you know, Mm -hmm. but when when it comes to nature, life, breath, you know, there is the inhale, then there's the exhale. There's always breaks, you know, like when we allow ourselves to kind of be there and get into alignment with that, it's easier to allow for ourselves to be human. So like keep telling, and, and if I could say one other thing, like I remember when I was really, really super depressed post-grad, just couldn't Mm -hmm. understand who I was, what I was doing back home. Um, If I would ever leave again, if I would would be stuck here, like everyone I ever knew, you know, like it was just a lot of fear. And Mm -hmm. I remember also kind of simultaneously questioning, you know, like, oh, like, I don't know if I will ever create art again. And because I'm not, you know, and I I haven't been creating. And three years later, I pick up the paintbrush, right? And it's as if I've never stopped painting. Like, it's as if I've been practicing little paint sketches every single day for (laughs) the entirety of my break. And I was shocked um, because I realized and I learned that um, it's not only me that loves Mm -hmm. my gifts and loves my talent. My talent and my gifts also love me back. And Mm -hmm. they love me back enough to be like, sis, take your time, (laughs) chill, do what you gotta do. We gonna be here when you get back. Exactly, they're gonna be there for you. Exactly, and so that's that's been something that's been so important for me. And I wish every day that I could go back to that girl that couldn't get up out of bed because she was beating mm-hmm. herself up so much yeah. every day. Waking up, questioning to God, why did you wake me up? I thought I asked you not to last night, right? Mm-hmm. Like having those questions. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back to her and be like, "Can you give yourself a break? You've been going for right. De- decades, right? You've been going for decades, sis. Right. Like." You get to chill. You get yeah. to relax. And before that, your ancestors were going for decades. And that is also in your bones, right? Like, My it's God. Gets deeper and deeper. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hello. No, for real. Like, like, and so, and so I just wish I could go back and be like, hey, like, listen, you're going to, like, like, the parts of you that you think are missing, they are not, they're not only within you, they are you. Like, mm. whether they're dormant or not, like, it's going like it is you like as right. long as you continue to go yeah, as, as long, long as you as, keep feeding it and flourishing yes as long as the tree yeah. is still here mm-hmm. the leaves will come back yeah you keep know? watering like, it <laughs> for sure but, um but yeah but thanks so that was a little rant but no you're good we needed it we all need that message yeah. i think 
especially as I think so many of us are facing burnt burnout post two years of quarantine and we haven't stopped working and we're like literally all in survival mode. And so many of us have, you know, quit our jobs and are still trying to float and still trying to make it work, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's a, a definitely an important reminder that like, we are not what capitalism deems us as our worth. You know, we get to define our own worth and that is radical enough. Absolutely. Um, so I, as we jump into the juice, I did want to start actually um, with a moment of silence, if we can. I know we started our first episode back that way and I wanted to do it again. Um, one, to um, think about all the folks um, who have been, I feel, forgotten uh, due to COVID because we're not taking it as seriously anymore. Um, so I want to have a moment of silence for all the lives due to um, anything really in reality, but also especially to COVID um, and the carelessness of white supremacy. And um, also most recently, uh, Virgil Blow also comes to mind, as well as today, specifically the day we're recording this, which is uh, December 15th. And we just learned a few hours ago that um, brilliant Black feminist writer, uh, creator, activist, uh, Bell Hooks has also passed, which I would like to share a few words on after this moment of silence. I did just want to um, comment a little bit more. Uh, again, I, I, I said this episode is divine, and I believe it is because the irony of you being here today, a beautiful uh, Black feminist creative um, from Kentucky also being in the building with us today, um, as we also want to honor, and I want to dedicate this episode and, and a lot of my work to Bell Hooks. Um, she is one of the first people I learned about in college um, that really made me feel seen because I was always analytical of everything and I got in trouble for it my whole life <laughs> until I saw her work and it reminded me that I was right on track with questioning white supremacy's motives behind everything we encounter. Um, and also um, as I left college and you know left a relationship and learned about myself, um, I, I know for a fact, I talked about all about love many times on the Colores radio as I was reading it because it moved me so much and it taught me so much about the kind of love I was raised with, the kind of love I had um, given myself or accepted um, and the kind of love I wanted to fight for. Um, and so I really, uh, I can't say enough about how she has transformed the world. I know so many women of color that are in mourning right now um, because of her work. And so I just want to honor um, her brilliance and her heart and her work um, as we continue on to the next year. Um, I know it's been hard to lose so many. And so if anybody wants to share any words, I just wanted to open up the space for that because Bell Hooks um, was my favorite author. Everybody knows that I would, I gifted All About Love to both of you actually 
Um, funny enough, I just realized that. Wow, I, I didn't that, know that. <laughs> I gifted that to so many people in my life because it meant that much to me. And to know somebody was fighting white supremacy and encouraging a tender heart with love is everything. Hmm. So shout out to Bill Hooks yeah. um, as we as we continue on in this life journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, when I first discovered Bell Hooks when I was in college, I think it was my sophomore year of college, it completely changed the direction of not only my work, but how I spoke about my work, um, how I saw my work. Um, and honestly, there was just, there was so much change that happened whenever I would just read a few sentences it kept me from reading like her mm -hmm. books to yeah. entirety or like just like you know the you so much yeah and i just was like whoa overwhelmed almost right. you know and and that's something that i grieve today is just like wow like i didn't read you know the fullness of her work while she was here with us you know mm -hmm. like damn it. And, and I, I just, I also think of, you know, this past year I read all about love because you gifted it to me, Eva, and it has deeply enhanced the way I viewed love, but also in, in my understanding of it and um, in, in a kind of way in which I have become quite radical about who I allow into my life and mm -hmm. um, who I allow to stay in, in my life. And I think the biggest thing for me this year is just, you know, with my relationships, it's like, does this give me pleasure? Mm -hmm. Is this love, you know, like, is what we're going through is everything that we're experiencing, is this actually love and making decisions based off of that? And I think that that's been very radical for me. Um, it's changed my life. I mean, it's, I completely am rooted in more deeply in peace and love than I've ever been before based off of the actions that I took after reading that book. So thank exactly. you Ed, for uh, giving that to me um, and pushing me to read it and just like enforcing it in every single conversation we had all about love, all about love. Um, <laughs> and also her book, Sisters of the Yam, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm is something that I read in 2018 when I was in deep questioning about a lot of things in my life. Um, the kind of sense of communion, yet also this like very delicate care um, for black women and women of color in uh, our need for healing that that right. book really highlighted and made space for, made me feel like I was not going crazy in so many mm -hmm. words or going crazy. Which is what white supremacy wants us to believe. Exactly. I, I kind of realized like, oh, I'm not the only person mm -hmm. that feels this torn and this right. heartbroken about her life events and her life exactly. experiences. And I'm allowed um, to mourn this and then I'm allowed to, to keep fighting for love. Absolutely. And also here's like this older, wiser, amazing, brilliant woman that has went through this as well. And it's kind of helping guide me through it. And I'm definitely very sad today um, to hear this news about Bill Hooks. Um, but I'm so honored that I got to live here on this earth at the same time. As right. her. My children will read her books 
and they'll say they won't have that privilege you know (laughs) and and so I'm just really definitely like just in in debt you know to her work and also a, a good friend of mine we were messaging about it earlier and she said but now she's passed the baton to us right yeah. it's our time now to to run with this power and this knowledge and i'm like yeah. that's Ooh. real these messages are important yeah um, Pat, did you have anything to say if not we do need to run into our juice topics and we're gonna literally run through them because a lot has happened this year and we've talked about a few of them um but we we definitely want to be mindful of everyone's time as well pat no i didn't have anything else to add i just i'm grateful that you brought her work into my life and i will continue reading her and passing on her work to everyone um i think it's important that we honor her stuff and that's the beauty of a creator right it's like to me a lot of people we do become hipsters or gatekeepers or whatever you're like oh i knew this person first no it's all about supporting their work digging into the work it don't matter if you haven't yet get into it right I might have been telling y'all for four years and I probably have but I really still think this is the perfect opportunity to honor her and her legacy um, because she does allow for so much so many of us and she does a lot of work um, even encouraging men to dig into their masculinity right so it's not just a she wasn't just a writer for any specific person but also to really um, unpack your heart and your root work as well Um, which I think is beautiful and necessary. With that said, we did discuss fighting white supremacy and bell hooks love to name it. And I hate to see it, but we're going to start with the January 6th riots as we jump into the juice because it showed you the most uh, blatant ways that white supremacy runs the world. And it has actually, to me, been almost comical in the ways in which uh, the people who participated in these are getting a pat on the wrist, like just they're getting away with the most heinous of, of, of crimes. Right. Um, and so that has been really kind of interesting to see, but January 6th is one of those days I will never forget in my entire life. Um, and I was just like in a meeting, like jaw dropped, but kind of laughing because I couldn't believe we were seeing full blown white supremacy displayed at the highest place in the world. Absolutely. Like, I actually, I was going back, I was just like, where was I at that day in that moment? Because I will never forget it either. But I was just like, why do I, why does it feel like such a distant connection to what was Mm -hmm. happening? I wasn't even here, girl. I was in France. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I I don't think you were back yet. I was in France at the time. And the feelings that I felt was just like, hyper embarrassment you know just like completely embarrassed um by my country about my country I mean the people who I was living with that were French they were just you know in so many words they saw it as almost comical of like Mm -hmm. wow like you guys your country is really messed up in so many words and I um I think that what happen in in just the blatant display of how unserious um white anger and white violence Mm -hmm. is taken in this country um is like almost encouraged because it feels like they're all like oh let's keep going yeah it's a part of their identity and manhood um you know just like what it means to be white what it means to be you know um a man 
in this right. country, right. Um, uh, in, in their country, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> very far from it. But um, I think that I, it was just it was just extremely heartbreaking to see that not one like like there was no huge voice that was huge enough to actually put a foot down mm. in the judicial system um to make these people pay for the crimes that they right. had committed and it's just like if there's no voice big enough, then who is the president? Who is this? Who is the house of da 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 da? Who is the chair of the like? And then also, what do they stand for? You right. know, um, like these fools were literally climbing walls. Like it was, it's just like it was Spider Man uh, up in up yes, in, in exactly. Pool. I'm like, it was so unreal, but also I would, I personally was not shocked at all. Like I was like, yep, this is exactly what they've been saying. They are crazy, and there's no other way to put it. I don't like Absolutely. using that word, but you know, it's Me just either. like it's what it is. So I definitely don't want to give white supremacists too much of our time because they get too much of it already. Um, but I, I definitely think that's something important to note about this year, right? Because that is the aftermath of what all these last few, you know, years have been. And now, you know, I think her name is Jenna Ryan. She's from the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, very embarrassing. I believe she's getting six months prison time. And she recently uh, had a video where she was like, oh, I'm going to get so skinny in jail because the food is so bad. I'm so excited. Like, they don't care. They are unfazed. They are still in their in their like delusional world, um, and they still firmly believe in their white supremacist structure. There is no, there is no um, actual. There, there, we haven't fixed that. You know, like we're not doing anything to to show them that they've done anything wrong. There's no discipline. There's, I don't even know the proper word, but it's just like we're just letting them go. We're letting them fly by and no problem. Whereas billionaires are are flying into space and the rest of us are just suffering yeah so i'm just like but uh yeah as we uh continue to speak about uh white supremacist governments that do not do enough um and never have never will um in texas in february we were hit with a brutal freeze um that killed over a hundred people um which our state government also did not want to acknowledge Um, And the Texas freeze itself, though now a lot of us laugh about it, I think it was very traumatizing. Um, I was in a bed with my sister and mother like we were children again um, because we just needed actual body heat in our home as we felt my phone go to zero degrees. Um, We had no power in our home and that's because it only happened to us for one day. Others had it had no power for several days um and so again this was kind of a another major moment in 2021 um where we're drastically seeing the effects of climate change right um Mm -hmm. it is deeply affecting places like kentucky with tornadoes uh like texas with these freezes um and many different areas in different ways and so again another sort of depressing thing and we're still here and the Texas power grid got no help um, in the session that they had recently. So the Texas power grids are still shit and we are basically just going to be praying and hoping for the best um, as we near the winter again. So uh, yeah, 
<laughs> it's a lot of intense, uh, kind of sad, depressing things, to be honest. Mm. Um, alongside, I guess, just Texas politics in general this year. Greg Abbott had a lot to do and say to just kind of hold his ground, um, which I think is what we've seen with a lot of like Trump-esque politics is like feeding the beast, right? They like to give their fans um, the little the little scraps of trash that they like, right? To keep feeding them and keep the energy up. Um, and so obviously Greg Abbott was very hard on uh, undocumented folks as well and calling them aliens and making sure they can't do this or do that or the COVID spread was their fault. Oh no, it's the people from Africa's fault. Oh no, it's this fault. Like, oh, and women, you also can't get abortions anymore. You only have six weeks to do so. If not, someone can report you and you can go to jail probably for longer than the people that cause riots on the Capitol. So, <sighs> Jesus Christ, it's been a year. <laughs> and I need we're a massage here. after that. How is that? What'd you say? And we're still here and we're smiling. How is that? How is that? Amazing. How is that? I don't know. Miraculous. Miraculous. <sighs> because that's really where it's like we end up saving each other, right? Our joy, our love, our care for one another um, really is what keeps us here. I mean, my joy is why... I'm still living, you know, yeah. like it's what I fought so hard for every day and sharing that joy and finding the joy in the crevices sometimes right. of this world that we live in. Um, even sometimes in my imagination, um, if, if need be, um, it's, it's so difficult to face the truth right in front of you of, of what this world is and, and what is going on. Um, yet to still embark on the journey of finding the things in life to smile about, um, finding the things in life to say thank you for. Um, you know, in the midst of it all, my grandmother, it, I can still hug my grandmother, you know, in the midst of it all, I still have breath in my lungs, you know, in the midst right. of it all, like, they're, they're so... I can still I can see the the trees turn from green to yellow and orange and and all of these inspirational colors. Um, there are some things that maybe cannot be taken away and that must be accounted for every single right. day. Um, or if they can't if they can be taken away, they're not taken away today. Right. So it's just like there are so many things that must be accounted for on a daily to continue remain to have that balance of of not only emotional well-being but also like perspective right because Absolutely. if we're only focused hyper focused on the truths that be of what's going on in the world um and not focus on all the other truths right that we get to breathe that we see the colors whatever have you mm -hmm. then that perspective is not balance and we can spiral um, Absolutely. that's something I, I try to practice daily of figuring out what's what am I grateful for today because we're not where we want to be I'm not where I want to be I don't have what I want to have but there are some things that I do have that I if I ignore right. and, and even I, that pressure we put on ourselves is because of what white supremacist professional 
professionalism demands of us, right? And Absolutely. we don't have to fulfill that. Um, so there are so many more things in 2021 we could talk about. We do want to cover a handful more of things as we um, unfortunately have to close out the Jews, but there is a, several things I at least want to mention or touch on. Um, some of them brought me a lot more joy than they did um, sadness, but they're also like just kind of reminders of the pockets of this year and the fact that we've made it through and that there are a lot of things that look bright and exciting and beautiful, but there's also so much work to do. And I, again, I want to keep in mind um, to always be critical of these things and these spaces and how they can be better and who else can come to the table and how else we can improve them. Right. Uh, because there is still so much work to do and there is still a lot of beauty we've, we've seen, especially this year. Um, so I do want to shout out Shakari Richardson um, from South Dallas, Texas, um, who really had such a huge impact on the Olympic world and the sports world at large. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, of course, um, how the system works ended up kind of barring her from her running um, and, and shining the way she does. But I think she was such a beautiful moment for um, a lot of black women and a lot of um, even young black girls and, and athletes in general. And seeing her embrace her magic was really beautiful and exciting, especially for for all these Texas folks that were excited to cheer behind her. So I don't know if you, if you remember her uh, magic Lanaya, but it was, it was definitely a moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. A moment. Um, <laughs> so much, so much grace. She was so graceful, uh -huh. which I bet shocked many people around the world right. as, as she's supposed to be an angry black woman right. um but uh but yeah it was definitely incredible to to witness um her power against mm -hmm. the powers that be yes. um but yeah exactly. i also just love seeing dallas folks shine because there's a special energy about dallas folks and i really think she exemplified that so i love to see it yes. um and then as we keep rolling through, I'm just going to start kind of ringing them out because we definitely are out of time. Mm -hmm. um, MJ Rodriguez from Pose became the first trans woman to win an Emmy. Um, that was really beautiful and, and exciting, very deserving. Um, do you remember, friend, when Facebook and Instagram were down like a couple months ago? Yes, I do. It was the most chaotic, hilarious time because... Twitter was the only thing working. So everybody was going wild. And then literally a week later, we say we see Facebook rebrand as Meta after they had gotten some pressure from uh, former employees saying how basically toxic the company was. Wow. <laughs> wow. But it's so interesting <laughs> to see how capitalism works, right? And then the rest oh. of us are on Twitter just laughing. Like Twitter really has become that space where I just go and get a good laugh because we're all kind of suffering, but at least we're like finding joy in it, which I think is yeah. what black and brown people do pretty well. Yeah. Somehow it's, black yeah. Twitter remains undefeated. <laughs> I'm not really on Twitter that much. I know you're not, but I know that the, the thing that makes me laugh is like, there's always the people on Instagram that see all the Twitter content like three days later. <laughs> yes. That's me. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, welcome to the club, y'all. Y'all saw this? It's so funny. They're like, yep, that's me. I'm like, all right, it's fine. As long as you saw it. I be seeing oh. stuff. That's how it goes. All right, so other things that happened this year. Uh, 
I, we got to shout out my girl, another Texas queen, Meg the Stallion, her hottie sauce. And she is now officially a Texas Southern University college graduate. In the so that was amazing. Everything like in the middle of a pandemic, losing her, you know, our mother, different family members, um, and winning Grammys and becoming best friends with Beyonce and just I Look, mean everything. And amazing while doing it all. Every day, yeah. buying mansions. You know, uh, uh, popping off in Casablanca, whatever, wherever she be at. Calabasas. <laughs> hey, yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Casablanca, that a movie from 1965 we've not seen because it's long as hell. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, you know, places that I haven't been. So the same, <laughs> really same. I don't know why I'm acting like I know better. Calabasas. No, I don't. <laughs> Um, shout out to Meg, shout out to Hottie yes. Sauce, shout out to Popeyes for knowing who's the real one out here. Um, another big music moment uh, for the girls was the Free Britney movement, which gained incredible traction this year. And then eventually now she's free of her conservatory. Wow. And now she's also working to kind of uh, rid of conservatorship altogether for lots of people with disabilities so i thought that was really a quite a turnaround from the beginning of the year to now wow definitely quite a turnaround i feel like a lot of people are regaining their power at the end uh, of this year yes it's a time it's a time we need it we're here for it it. it's finally um i don't know if you know anything about this mess that happened but that in the heights movie came out and got a lot of shit (laughs) Um, and In the Heights was originally a Broadway musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda, and then they ended up casting like really white Latinos and trying to make it this modern um, modern day story of Washington Heights, and uh, it flopped from my understanding. <laughs> um, I did not personally watch it. I still think I might give it a try just because I'm curious, but I definitely was very sad to see how how the Latino community specifically continues to fail um, Black people in our community. That is also kind of how it's written, right? Because Latinidad tries to adhere to white supremacy so much. um, And now it's starting to kind of fall on its face because of that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, But I hope that that was a big learning lesson for a lot of our um, community because people... (laughs) People, people are not accustomed to that criticism. And so it's definitely interesting to see um, what happens next because yeah. it's definitely not new, but I don't think it's over yet either. All right. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie either, but I want to watch it now just to see like. To get yeah, my it definitely got a lot of criticism. And then it was like, I heard nothing about it at all. Um <laughs> So it's kind of interesting, but that did happen. And so since we're on the conversation of like media, obviously we love to watch it, consume it and create it. Um, Have you been watching Insecure? It is in its final season. I'm a little bit sad about it. Have I? I know (laughs) two episodes left. I don't want to talk about it, but I mean, you know, the fact that there's two episodes left, all I can talk about is Insecure, but I, I just, yes to Issa, just yes to all the cast like right. just finding themselves deeper becoming 
greater versions of themselves. And I was just looking back at season one and season two, uh, waiting for the new episode to come out this past Sunday. And right. I'm just like, wow, the glow up is real. Yeah. It really is. And 30 is the new 20. Like, I just, I don't know. I feel yeah, like- yes. I'm ready for 30 because this, uh, uh, what is it? Retrograde. What is it? Saturn return. Saturn, Saturn It's kicking my ass. So <laughs> I am also looking forward to 30. Yes, yes. Um, another show that was also brilliant that we really love this year is called Reservation Dogs, um, which is based in Oklahoma and it follows, um, mm. four young Indian, um, teens that are kind of trying to figure out what's the next, um, path they can take to get away from their home. So it's kind of, uh, similar to a lot of what we're discussing, um, uh, where you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to escape, but you might have to go back home to find yourself to then escape again. Um, Lanaya, you're looking a little attacked right now. Uh, I, I feel it. I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that. It's a fun show. It's definitely refreshing. And I think it's nice to get, um, Native American perspectives that we don't usually get to watch on television. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that show. I just wanted to mention that Sterling Harjo did get like a huge contract deal with FX. Ooh, so nice. that's the showrunner for the show. And um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting news to have like a Ooh. big native, like creative out in like FX. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Huge network. Definitely. Yeah. So obviously so many more 2021 things we could cover. I wanted to, to throw in a couple of the things that recently happened as we end the year. Um, I don't know. Again, you're not on Twitter, but I think this stuff made its way to Instagram. (laughs) Eventually some of the last things that made me laugh or brought me joy in the last few weeks. Um, uh, I'll start with uh, sex in the city made a little comeback. I don't know if I'm gonna call it a comeback because it doesn't feel like the original sex in the city, but they did create Mm -hmm. another uh, version of their show because we can't uh, fund innovative ideas and creators we've never heard of we have to keep repurposing the same ideas that is full shade i am owning it um and we got another show called and just like that um i did enjoy sex in the city in my uh more recent years because i finally understood the things better um but this new show to me it feels very comical but i do like that they're highlighting (laughs) They're problematic white feminism because that is exactly what they've always been. And I do think that is very funny. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm pro Samantha and she's not on there anymore. And it feels like there's no sex in that show. So I'm like, what's about to happen with this shit? But I guess it's entertaining. So, <laughs> or it's not even that entertaining. It's low key kind of boring. But I'm just curious rather what is going to happen next. Question Do Go I need it. to start watching Sex in the City? Because I've never watched it. My mother never, you know, I never was around people that watched right. it. So when I was I only, younger, I only watched it because of our siblings. Yeah, that's why we watched it. But and also, even though like, I was never fully invested, I will say this like, because there's so few shows about like women and sex, I definitely enjoyed it. Right. Like, especially college on, like when I was starting to become more sexually active, I definitely was like, ooh, this is fun. So if you're looking for like a show that's like a classic, sure. But like, I'm never one to be like, yes, go watch white television, like uh, white media in general. I'm never going to encourage it. But like, if you have to pick one, that's definitely a fun (laughs) little show to watch. The original show itself and the first film after second film sucks. And this show so far, I don't really know, but samantha's iconic so you definitely i would say you should watch some of it and see how how it feels for you 
definitely okay. a very white show, but it's fun. Yeah, I was like, right. I recently binge watched Harlem, which was like about black women, which was oh, to yeah. me like it's a newer version of Sex in the City. Um, and I really liked it a lot. Unfortunately, it's on Amazon, but I like I watched it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Is, like, a, is a drug, man. We it was nothing. But it was just like really refreshing to kind of see like black women's storyline. And like also like they talk about all kinds of issues and they had a queer character. It's just all kinds of stuff within there. And I really liked it. Megan Good's on there. Um, and a couple yes. other actors I'd never seen before. And I thought it was really cute. Okay. So I would recommend watch that if y'all haven't already. I need to. It's on my to watch list. Got it. Um, another to see, and I don't really like talking about white women on here because it's just a lot of energy, but, (laughs) um, I don't, did the Nancy Reagan stuff make it to Instagram? (laughs) I haven't heard of Nancy Reagan. Okay. You are missing a lot, but Twitter went in on Nancy Reagan. Um, I see our beautiful guest Briska has joined us. So if she wants to jump in for any of these final juice topics, oh, we're getting a head nod. So I'm gonna let her hold off. But go look up Nancy Reagan shit. I'm gonna leave it at that. I do. I'm just gonna say, (laughs) I'm just gonna say this. I find it um, quite hilarious and perhaps, perhaps the works of the universe because the Reagan family was so homophobic and so evil um, and traditionalist thinking, and they pushed so hard for the nuclear family that some lady on Friday recently was trying to do a compare and contrast of Madonna at 64 and Nancy Reagan at 64, and it backfired because apparently Nancy Reagan was known in the Hollywood world for low-key being great at oral sex, Um which is not a vision or an image any of us ever wanted. Um, and now that's all people are talking about <laughs> in regards to Nancy Reagan. Um, uh, we're, very pro- like- we're pro-sex here, but uh, it's very hilarious to me that this family that tried so hard to create this perfect image, um, this is now what is part of their legacy. And I'm, I'm happy to see it because, bitch, it'd be the ones that be trying the hardest to hide their dirt that be the messiest and Listen. that's all i have to say about that <laughs> i mean I what's appreci- the effort for sorry yeah. <laughs> no you're good i was gonna say i did appreciate everybody pretty much being like madonna did more to support and like speak out on the aids epidemic than the reagan and i don't even like madonna that much anymore because she's hella problematic herself mm-hmm. but also like really girl we don't care why are we comparing the two yeah. like white women love attacking white women for no reason that's me sipping my tea. Let me just say that. Right. Let me get my water. <laughs> All right. Well, then we can close off. I know the new West Side Story has come out, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, because apparently we need more white directors telling Latino stories. But what do I know? Um, I do think I'm going to watch it. I have a lot to watch. But media has definitely been a beautiful getaway during this very turbulent-ass couple years. Um, so that is how we're going to wrap our 2021 juice rundown. There's so much we didn't cover, but we wanted to keep it mostly joyful. Um, and so Lanaya, my dear friend, where can we find and follow your work? Thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Thank you so much. You can find me on Instagram at with Lanaya. So at W I T H L A N I A. Um, and I, 
him on Facebook, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> word, I was like, you don't have to promote thing. that if you're, you're a boomer. No, yeah, no. <laughs> um, and I have a website at www.laniaroberts.com. Um, and yeah, if you look me up in those ways, you can find me and reach out to me if you want. If you Google her Follow name, me. it will pop up. She's being humble. I'm telling you, Lania <laughs> Roberts, brilliant artist, brilliant thinker, beautiful singer, poet. She does everything, but her, her, her work really highlights, uh, the, the beauty of fat black women and i adore it and i'm so thankful for her friendship and for her brilliance and i can't wait till i see you again friend i love you so much i can't wait to see you you again too thank you for having me thank you for joining us we'll see you on all your future endeavors yes we can't wait thank you thank you same to you guys i'm so excited thank you you guys i love you guys so much thank you later Bye. Bye. bye We didn't even get into all the amazing stuff she's been doing. Um, uh, she recently painted a portrait for Brianna Taylor's mom. Uh, there's a lot of power in her work and, and just in who she is. And I hope it resonated through um, her her presence on the Colores Radio. So thank you so much, friend, for joining us. Um, we're so glad you stopped by and amazed by your work. Um, and that wraps it up for us here at The Juice Hello, this is our commercial break, where I am here to encourage you to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash decoloresco. You can also donate to us at decoloresradio.com slash donate. We've been doing all this amazing work for over four years. We deeply need your support and your help. You can get all the exciting BTS videos, all the cringy moments in between each segment, on our patreon so subscribe today thanks welcome back Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez was born in Manawa, Nicaragua but calls Nashville Tennessee home she got her master's of divinity from Vanderbilt University in the spring of 2015 the bulk of her work is around making accessible thorough storytelling and cure through storytelling and curating content the theories and heavy material that is oftentimes only taught in the racist classist institutions known as academia to date she has participated in the young adult anthology nevertheless we persisted recently Prisca also participated in an anthology edited by Linda Lopez titled the fearless rise and powerful resonance of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez She started the platform Latina Rebels in 2013, and it currently boasts over 300,000 organic followers online. She has been featured in Telemundo, Univision, Me Too, Huffington Post Latino Voices, Guerrilla Feminism, Latina Mag, Cosmopolitan, Everyday Feminism, and was even invited to the White House in the fall of 2016. She is unapologetic angry and uncompromising about protecting and upholding the stories of Latinx communities. Que Viva La Gente, currently her first full-length book with Seal Press, a subsidiary of Hatchet Book Group, is out everywhere. Books are sold. Please welcome to De Colores Radio, Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez. Hi. Hi, friend. How are you? I'm well. That was so long. I'm so sorry. No, listen. There's certain ones. I'll get long ones. I'm like, I'm going to cut this. But no, this is like, we couldn't, we could not erase these things. (laughs) 
you God. gotta you gotta highlight the iconic behavior. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> well, as we get started, I I this episode has felt so powerful already, and I shared about finding bell hooks in college and finding my friend Lanaya in college. And funny enough, I found your work in college as well. And it really resonated, I think, through an article you wrote. I can't remember which one, but it definitely did something for my spirit. And I think we mutually followed each other around that time. And to see your evolution has been a gift. I am so proud of you. Um, But it's actually our first time technically talking like face to face. So welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. I know you're one of my internet friends that I've we've texted even before Yes, (laughs) and almost try to link up and it just didn't happen but it's like yeah it's one of those people that you like build with like Jessica is one of them but I've seen Mm -hmm. Jessica once at least before right (laughs) but it is like those people that you just like maintain these friendships with and they feel very real right even though they're through the internet you're like oh I followed them for so long I know their dog I know their partner I know you know like you're like oh but I don't I've never touched them so I don't actually know if we're real friends but it feels like we are so <laughs> yeah I get it and I am a parasocial yeah. relationship <laughs> that's real and yeah. there's gonna be a lot more of that I think now especially yeah yeah well tell true. us if you will um about how your journey began because you do have such a beautiful powerful story and and I'm I'm just so grateful that you're here and sharing it with us I don't even know where to start like so, this is like yeah, you know? no, you can whatever, whatever resonates for you, right? Because this is the beauty. In I 1985, think of, right? you know? <laughs> go ahead, narrate it, narrate your own first story. But you were born in Nicaragua, right? And we see these beautiful pictures of you. And then you all came here when you were how old? I was seven. Yeah, I had. And at that seven. point, you already, from my understanding, I followed you for a while, right? Um, but did y'all move originally to a pretty white part of town or what was the experience like from being in Nicaragua as a young kid and then coming to America? Yeah, I, um, I was seven. So I was old enough to know what was happening. Like I remember us packing. I remember our eight suitcases. That was all we brought to the U S and we moved to Miami actually. And Mm -hmm. Miami, the population of Latinx in Miami at the time that we were there was like 70%. And Nicaragüenses were the second largest group of immigrants in Miami. So it was first Cubans, then Nicaragüenses. So like there were fritangas everywhere. We moved in a neighborhood called Sweetwater that was called also Pequeño Nicaragua, Pequeña Nicaragua, Little Nica. So like I grew up with the same baby. Yeah, you felt the culture the was still there. Yeah, my high school, the, the not my high school, my elementary school, there was a lot of Nicaraguans. My the middle school in that same neighborhood um, was called Ruben Darío, which is the name of one of our famous poets. Oh, like wow. it was everywhere, and it was really normal to for people to be familiar with my culture, with my food, mm. with my. It was like everybody goes to the fritanga and gets food. Wow. Like the Cubans so it love like it. <laughs> beautiful then when you when you arrive there, right? Like you're like, oh, I'm still, I'm still. It's a different kind of home. Yeah, I mean, there was there was little things that you notice that like, okay, we're immigrants. Like my parents mm-hmm. don't know the how to speak English yeah. in certain places, and not every place is gonna accommodate, you know, Spanish speaking people. Um, but mostly it was, yeah, it, it felt like 
I was surrounded by people like me that I didn't really get to have a lot of identity questions necessarily. Mm-hmm. And the microaggressions that we do towards each other have a numbing effect, I think, mm-hmm. that you can almost not see it. Right. <laughs> unless somebody really points it out. Right. But I was raised there. I stayed there. And at 25, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee. So it was the first time that I'd been around white people like that. And okay. It was like, I saw my first ginger in person and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> who? That is hilarious. I have who never is it, Lizzie heard... Lohan's brother? I have <laughs> never heard that in my life. My first ginger. That's the next in book. Person. Yes. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> oh my what God. Is it? Like, it was just like a different, it was, di- and you could sense it immediately, like the right. unearned power, the privilege to be seen Mm. and the I pretend I dress like I'm homeless because I'm a trust fund kid like it was just a different culture it was a culture shock yeah and even like I could speak English within a lot of a community that was primarily English as a second language like in Miami Mm -hmm. right but I didn't understand the English that these white people spoke like real significant things like sarcasm Mm mm-hmm I couldn't pick up their intonations. Right. Right. <laughs> I didn't know when they were joking around. And you're like, I, okay. I just was not culturally around white people. And I hadn't, right. I didn't know how to move in the spaces. And they definitely reminded me a lot about like, we don't, we don't dress like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't eat that stuff. We don't, right. we don't, we don't think that stuff is funny. We right. think this other stuff is funny. So that's when I started to become more aware of my identity. And was that when you uh, first went to university or like what? So from seven to 25, you felt pretty grounded in your um, culture because you were so surrounded by it in Miami. Um, And then if I can't ask, even that like relationship with, um, you know, being undocumented in the United States, but also still very like informed by media. How did that help shape your identity from like seven to 25? Because I feel like those are pretty strong years with like, who am I? Yeah, we actually weren't undocumented. We came okay, I mean, wow. We came on a visitor visa that we okay. overstayed. Uh-huh. But um it was a religious visa that they don't oh, do nice. it anymore. Um because my dad was Yeah, I'm like I haven't heard of that church. in a while. Yeah, my dad was brought um by a church to hit, oh, wow. uh, be the pastor of the music ministry. Okay. On like an international level, because the church plants that we are part of were all over the U.S. and South America. It was everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so he was brought over like that. And because, you know, it's like church money and they were invested in my dad and it was a white founded church, although they weren't even the predominant people in the congregation. Um, We got lawyers really quickly. And like, wow, that That process was like. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Because I'm like, I actually, now that you're saying it, I just assumed it from what we were discussing right now. But I'm like, I've actually never heard you discuss it as like an, an or any yeah. of your work as an undocumented person. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, no, this actually works. And it kind of shows you how religion and, and these systems are tied together. <laughs> mm-hmm. How they protect each other, how they mm-hmm. benefit from the promotion of the other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So your process was very different than anybody else's. And so then you didn't have that initial struggle, but with your identity and then finding yourself outside of this very religious perspective, what was that like? 
it was it wasn't <laughs> I feel like uh so my dad's a pastor so that's right. what I would I sort of said a little bit about it but what that meant was like the our church was non-denominational but founded by Church of Christ I don't okay. know if y'all are familiar with denominations in Christianity but things words denominations mean things right <laughs> and right. church of christ i would say along with baptists are more of the extreme conservative okay. christians mm -hmm. um so i grew up with like very strict gender roles um mm. very like women weren't expected to lead women weren't expected were expected to be moms and right. clean and like um that's kind of it we weren't yeah, like yeah, like it was a goal to end up with a husband who could allow you to stay home to take care yeah. of the house and him. Right. So I grew up with that messaging really strongly. And I thought it was normal. Yeah, that's I what I was going to say. Did you believe it, though? Or were you questioning it? I questioned other things. I didn't really question that. Mm. Because it was it was normal. It Things was normal. That's all you knew. Everyone like writing a right. list of like, what do I want as a husband at age twelve was wow. normal. Mm. And, <laughs> and it was expected of you as well, right? And then they were so strict you. that I wasn't allowed to watch whatever I wanted on television. So I wasn't getting counter messaging. Mm. I wasn't allowed to listen mm. to secular music, and I didn't like if they found one thing. And my parents, because of this tradition you know, you hit your kids because that's what the Bible says. So, right. like, my parents were very punitive about, mm -hmm. like, you're doing things that aren't of the Lord, <laughs> so right. we will harm you. We so will you punish you. Rear you, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I just behaved then. I was like, right. I had questions. I had doubts. I had a secret life yeah. <laughs> in school, but... <laughs> that's what I want to know about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I, I generally, like, I was like end game i'm gonna do what my mom's doing right and i thought that was that's that what was i'm it. being shown to do yeah yeah and i i did in a lot of ways until i got to grad school mm -hmm. and that was I at even 25 got, yeah i got married because i wanted to go to school and my parents were still very controlling and very mm -hmm. Very like if you get a ticket is because you're you're sinning kind of oh like you're not good with God so bad things happen to you like is that theology so yeah. it was just like suffocating me and right. so I was like I gotta leave respectfully so I guess I'll just fucking marry this person that I don't even know. <laughs> I actually recently had a conversation with someone about two weeks ago and I was like this is why a lot of young Latina women get married so early because they want to break free. And so that's, ex that's exactly, it's, it's even if you don't know the person or you don't even trust the person or you don't maybe even feel comfortable around them, you just want the, the option of, of freedom to build your own life. Yeah. The option. Cause you know what the long term looks like already in your house. Right. You just want the option and you could fail terribly, but maybe mm -hmm. you could like be with somebody who will respect you. Hopefully. Right. And you, and so you did marry someone like right after high school? After college. Yeah. After college. Okay. And that was what age? I was 23. 23. Yo, I'm 36 now. I'm on my yeah. second marriage. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> I was I young. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cause I'm like, I'm trying to, I, I've, I've heard 
because I followed your work for so long, right? It's like, I've heard of these different things or I've read about them and I've seen them. And so I'm like, okay, I'm trying to piece it together because yeah. then it was when, when you hit 25, were you already divorced by that point? No, no, I got divorced. I was 28. Okay. So you yeah. did try within that, that time. Oh span yeah. 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 See, yeah. I, I salute you because you, you look at you now. <laughs> you did what you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was a means to an end. I was so terrible in that marriage too. Cause I feel mm. like you're so toxic in your twenties. Yeah. Cause you're just like all this unprocessed trauma yeah. <laughs> that you haven't like, you don't have like, especially if you're from working class context, like you don't have the means to address right. any of it. So you're just like trying to be an adult somehow and right. lashing out. And so I would tell like my ex-husband, I'd be like, if it wasn't you, it was going to be someone else that I was going to get the fuck out of there. Right. He'd be like, but love. Yeah, you're like, no, yeah. but that, I think it was also a different time, right? Like I, when I think of even 10 yeah. years ago, I'm like, nobody, we were barely starting to talk about mental health stuff, right? Like yeah. it's only within the last 10 or so years that I, and I was white. More, yes, exactly. It wasn't for us. Yeah. Um, it was more specifically, I want to say probably in the last like six years, seven years, probably around the time you started Latina Rebels that we really started to see these shifts in yeah. these conversations and ownership of our experiences and then also digging at what healing means because so many of us are still trying to figure that out for ourselves right um and I know like whenever I first started digging I, I asked my mom what is healing for you and of course for her she said the church um and I, I couldn't I couldn't relate right because that's where yeah. a lot of my trauma came from also so. um yeah, so it's just like it's very fascinating, but it's also it takes a lot to be able to own that as well and say, you know, I <laughs> I had a lot to work on myself because the reality is is like most of us do, um, yeah. but not all of us can admit that. Oh yeah. I had years where I was like lashing out. I started LR still lashing out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel like it there was like a I was conflicting. I had all this my whole life been mm -hmm. shaped and <laughs> behaved quote unquote and done the right thing right and all this new information that was like fuck all that shit mm -hmm. like you you're either complicit or you're intentionally it. dismantling it yeah. but you've got to pick a side and so I just was like ah <laughs> and I made LR <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> and it was, was it 25 it when you hit grad school that that information came in or was it in undergrad as well no, that information had not come in undergrad. It was in grad school. I started 2011. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 2013 when I made LR. My program was four years long and I was on my second year. When when I was like finally processing all the new information without the shock of like, oh, you're in an elite institution as a first gen. The, mm -hmm. You can't keep up with these students because they've right. had all the access that you have not. <laughs> so I had that shock. And then on top of that, you're just now learning about that, right? Because that's the mm -hmm. other layer where you're like, oh, now it kind of makes sense. But like, what the fuck have I been doing up to this point? Yeah. And you're yeah. having to like make peace with yourself as you're trying to dismantling this, dismantle this bigger thing that has affected you your whole life. And starting to question my own relationship and my own mm -hmm. marriage and all of that. Because I started LR 2013 and 2014. We like this December of 2013, I left him. Oh, so wow. 2014 and 15, that was like all of me trying to figure out how the fuck do you survive now that mm -hmm. you know all this information, now that you can't lie to yourself, now that you right. can't be like, 
if you work hard, you can do anything your heart sets your mind. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, piecing yourself back together for you. Yeah. Right. And yeah. not to have to follow this like thinking that you grew up surrounded by that felt normal. Yeah. yeah. So then in that, in that journey, how did you find your voice as a writer? It was an accident. Oh my God. Of course. <laughs> a happy accident. It wasn't supposed to, I wasn't supposed to be a writer. That was never the goal. I wow. know people have those goals. And I remember I had a friend in school who journaled and like wrote poetry. And I was like, that's some writer shit. Yeah. You're like, that's not me. <laughs> no, I read, I read everything you put in front of me. I read, I read, I read like faster than I ate. I read, oh, but I did not write. And I wasn't told I was a good writer until... Oh, wow. I started LR, I started writing captions. And in mm -hmm. captions, the Huffington Post editor, Tanisha Ramirez, reached out to me and was like, you're an amazing writer. We would love for you to write for us. And I was like. Oh, wow. I didn't know that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah. Was that the moment that you felt like a writer? No. No. Okay. <laughs> you're like, no, I was just like I a good caption. I thought he was trolling me. Oh, no. <laughs> that's very and internet culture, though. Yeah, I was like, this isn't real. Who the fuck sends a DM? This yeah. legit. Like, this isn't real. And I like resisted it until she was like, no, for real. This no, is. seriously, please. Yeah. And I started writing. It was September 2015. But I didn't think anybody would read it at all. And I never imagined that I'd end up with a book. I never knew what was going to wow. come out of me. I wow. don't plan. I don't draft. I, I just think cry. that's a beautiful part of it. Because it's supposed, it's meant to be. Yeah. You're not, you're not planning it. It's exactly as it's supposed to be. It's like this outpouring that right. just would come out. It was like a haze of pain and mm. trying to name it all for right. myself. Right. In a way, like y'all got to read things that I was coming to the realization of live. Yeah. I feel that. Can I ask uh, if you remember what did, what did little Prisca dream of being? A lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to be a cop when I first moved to oh, the wow. US. I know. Oh, it was oh, first no, grade. It's working. The imperialism is working. <laughs> it was first grade and I saw oh, a girl baby. cop on like career day. And I went home and told my mom, I was like, I want to be a cop. And she's like. Oh, oh really? She I said, would say so that I makes sense because like you were used to rules. You were used to these structures. Yeah, I was like, I could be a rule maker, right? <laughs> Enforcer, right? The, it makes sense. It does. But um, no, she was like, "Son las putas." Son I'm putas. dead. In like that the ugliest so face. I was like, <gasps> so I changed my mind. Oh I then my God. <laughs> good for your mom. I was like, you know, a lot of Latinos here in Dallas or in the South, a lot of Latinos are very pro cop. So. I think in some of her weird stuff came really good guidance because I would want to join the army at some point, I asked. And she was like, no, <laughs> they they will spit you out. They will kill you and return you in a casket. They don't care about you. This Damn. isn't a sense of duty. You don't. It was like very mean, but also yeah, very, very blunt. Useful. And yeah, it was like. But you now you're like, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? just another predatorial <laughs> recruitment experience in high school as a Latina, that'd be not, that's not the vibe, but a few things. 
I definitely uh, see that. I have, I continue to see that it's still happening. And so that makes your story that much more um, exciting. Um, so then this is what I was going to also ask you. You've mentioned you started it in 2013. So what empowered you to begin Latina Rebels? Because that I think is where, I don't know if I found the account first or I found your specific article. And I don't know if it was a Huffington Post one. Did you do anything prior to that? It might have been, uh, it was a radio station, but it was a small blog. Okay. I'm like, I remember reading something voice before radio. the one. Yeah, I did little things like that. Um, uh-huh. Like, because when I started LR, there weren't a lot of, there there weren't pages. Like, there's a million pages right, right. now of stuff. There weren't. There weren't anything like that and so latino rebels a lot of guys who were in media like in their 40s messaged me and were like wishing you luck supporting you from afar like really sweetly and so i got to write for a little a few of them were like write a think piece about blah 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 oh they were very sweet with that though yeah and never crossed any lines they were just like kind of like a big brother figure who would be like we'd love to encourage you like, I'm glad to hear that because I feel like I rarely see a lot of Latino men supporting Latino women. Yeah, so Um, so it's kind of refreshing to hear that they were very encouraging in that in that journey. It's the intersections of like being, you know, perceived as straight Mm -hmm. and pretty and palatable Latina, like in the. I look the ways that I check boxes. Right. And <laughs> it's a lot of stuff like that, no, that's too. True. We have to be honest. Naming that as well, because that's important. And people do not always consider those factors as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, so what was that moment that was like, I need to start this thing? Or was it just like, this is a post and I'm going to make an account? Yeah, well, <laughs> it was it was that era where I was figure, I was finding out all this new information that was like fundamentally changing who I was as a person. And I just kept getting pissed that I don't know anyone who was getting this information in my communities. Everyone's isolated. Like I was isolated. And so I was like, it'd be cool to use something to spread as much as this uh, to as many people to get people to think. I don't want to, cause I didn't want to replicate like church models where they tell you what's bad and what's good. And like, Mm, very dictatorial as well yeah so i was just like i'll just put in meme right stop provoking gif (laughs) of course it was like a little pick but i was just like get people to think outside of what they have been given allow people give people the benefit of the doubt that they can figure stuff out (laughs) without you being like this is the only way and that is there's no other way around to figure this thing out Right. I apologize. I'm going to let this dog out of the room because it is barking and ruining our beautiful audio. So please go with me. (laughs) Thank you. Um, All right. So then what has been um, the hardest part of the journey up to now? Because, you know, you got to grad school and that's when you start to feel more enlightened and understanding of how these systems worked. And then you um, wanted to put it out in the world, right? You wanted to create this space and it worked. Um, and then from then to now, you've 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 written a brilliant book. Um, so what has been the hardest part of this journey? 
I think it's mostly systemic stuff because I can mm. name like little things like after our page, a lot of pages started coming up. up. Yeah. And a lot of when people, I think, started to realize that there was an audience to be tapped into when capitalism decided right. <laughs> that Finally maybe there in. was a market. Yeah. Right. Uh, pages, white-owned pages, like We Are Me Too popped mm. up and started stealing the same, Content. you know, the same ideas, the same kind of drive, the same kind of kitschy commentary. Mm. And so, like, that's been hard to see the ways that capitalism will kind of chew you up and spit you back no, out. literally, yes. <laughs> and, and deem your worth whenever it wants to. Yeah, like I was, uh, I just became verified like last year. So like mm. things like that, that like I can do a lot of work for a lot of years. And if it doesn't cater to whiteness, it it isn't valuable. And just seeing that like in numbers and legitimate, even brand partnerships, like what they're offering white creatives versus creators of like all of that has been heartbreaking. And also right. seeing the ways that it's a lot of Latinas and Latinequis, like queer community that's pushed the narrative. That part. And it's felt, it's disappointing in some mm -hmm. ways to see how little the men have really done in our communities. The cis hetero men, I think have. If anything. Have yeah, yeah. Other than bring the drama. No, literally. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't, we could talk for decades on that kind of stuff where I'm like in interpersonal relationships as well I'm just like how do y'all keep getting away with it and then when it comes to like you know even my shirt says it but like the defund DPD campaign that we had here in Dallas specifically was all uh femmes non-binary folks and queer folks like mm -hmm. there were only a couple of cis hetero men I saw that weren't or hadn't already been um called out for being abusive of power right and so it's like yeah. No, it's actually very true that we are the ones that have probably been just erased forever and continue to be erased because and we'll of be that. the first to be shadow banned, yep. the first to be critiqued mm -hmm. and the hardest. Like the same Absolutely. some people will ride for you and will throw you away if they don't like your shoes. And it's just like you only do this because you view me as disposable. Correct. <laughs> And Perfect. this says so much about, again, it's all systemic. It says so much about who we place value on, who we're ready to like knock mm -hmm. the minute they don't say the Absolutely. right, perfect thing and who Absolutely. we can tolerate and make rich with like our engagement and our no. participation and our, all that. So all of that has been really hard to see first, mm -hmm. like head on. I appreciate you naming that as systemic. I think that also to me, is uh hard to do um because it's very easy to name who hurt you yeah. right that yeah. person hurt me and i don't like them and i don't like anybody they associate with yeah or you can step back and say i don't like these systems that made this person react this way that then projected to me when really i want to see both of us win yeah and now we're in this weird turmoil right um, and I'm obviously saying this because it, it's hitting home a little bit, but it, it's also very real, right? Like when you can step back and say like, okay, you're letting the system win. 
if yeah. we're not pointing up and not at each other yeah. um, because it's very easy to do that because we we do unfortunately think very individualistically and um, a lot more brilliance can come from us collaboratively caring for one another yeah and I like deeply believe that and it's been sad to see as brands have discovered the power of influencers the power of like influencers in specific communities Mm -hmm. how clicky it can become to do this work and so sometimes the people who's even you know like we were here a decade ago (laughs) and fighting already and naming white supremacy yeah and not just online Mm -hmm. and then to have it kind of become a product it's just like ah this sucks where do you think it goes next in my ideal world or realistically I want to hear both I want to hear real world first and then your ideal world because I I have it's the words you're saying it's funny because I I recently wrote a piece on um just what I'm calling disposal culture which is this treatment of each other in this way um but also I'm like okay but activism has been um I guess co-opted and sold now so like what does it mean when we're getting tv shows about activism and helping people right and so like what is what's next um and also like how do you dream of that? Uh, I think what's realistically next is that there's what's happening now that there's this um, commodification of like wokeness. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes like a, a label that people assign to themselves to right. signal some sort of moral superiority Mm. but a lot of stuff just stays the same so like the same numbing effect uh, that oppression constantly attempts to repackage to keep us numb I think it's going to continue I think Mm. it's just it's it's going to be those little communities we we got to look to young people we got to be mentoring young people and I hope that we can like I think some of our you know, <laughs> elders mm. have done a lot of harm mm. because they have been very defensive when we called out things like, yeah, like he's the ex the is maybe a better, you know, right. <laughs> when somebody, you know, like there, a lot of our elders, like Lalo Alcaraz, like they don't handle this critique really well. And or at think, all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they I just think, run run ignore Lash block, yeah. <laughs> uh, create sub accounts to Ooh. defend themselves Jeez. um so i hope that as we're becoming elders that we are encouraging those who are starting to, who's who are starting to speak up who mm. are like shaking shit up and we have to look at like community but i think that and I think that is doable because I think we do have a strong there there we're we're few but we're mighty. Mm. I think those of us who are looking towards community right. are and have are been very, pushing for this for a while. Yeah, I think we'll stay true to that and I think we'll mm-hmm. we will nurture that, but I think that'll it'll be it'll be with new strategies that I can't even imagine right. in a in a world that has like packaged and sold wokeness right 
Oof, that's real. There's so many. I wish we had so much more time because there's so many different directions I could take this conversation. And I appreciate you sharing that because I know that one was kind of impromptu. Because I, I, it was kind of. I've, I've had that similar thought where I'm like, okay, what the hell is next, right? Because, yeah. you know we've been fighting for, you know, maybe the last 10, 15 years, but people have been fighting 50, 60, 70 years, you know, and they're still, some people are incarcerated. Some people, um, you know, are not barely on the internet in general. Right. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, we have so much at our fingertips now. And this is what we're doing. And that to me is terrifying. Um, but I I do think taking that step back and looking inward, um, and then also at at the youth and also at our elders too, right? Because there is still some power um, in elders and we know very culturally that we're supposed to respect our elders. And at the same time, I'm like, it is okay also to critique and push for more, right? Or, you know, even conversations with my own mother and family, it's like, okay, but but do you know how many, how much the police budget makes each year? Do you understand that that could go to these other things? And when you really start to do it in a way like you like you do right storytelling and these platforms it really allows for these spaces and these conversations to happen and that to me is what really is so powerful because I don't feel like it's ever happened before the last 10 years in the way it has now yeah yeah it's Um, it's hopeful to say the least for sure and I think we have to live in that hope right I think there's like a um, a James Baldwin quote I believe that something along and I feel like I've probably said it on this show um, but it's like I choose hope every day right because we live in this white supremacist world that allows for us to be so broken and uh, deems us worthless and so we have to choose hope right because like really if you've struggled um, or if you're an oppressed person in the United States of America or anywhere in the globe, uh, you're, it's very easy to, to, to feel like you've lost yourself. And uh, yeah, yeah. So we have to keep choosing ourselves and hope and love and all the corny things every day. Yeah. I love it. Yes. All right. So I do have a few more questions as we're wrapping up. I don't really want to wrap up, but this episode is definitely getting a little long. Um, so I have to be realistic. Um, what does four brown girls with sharp edges and tender hearts mean to you? Uh, it's a it's a few things. So I came up with the title. <laughs> I, was I love like, it. I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like the middle of lockdown, you know, <laughs> when all the mental health stuff are coming up and right, they course. were like, we need to figure out a title. <laughs> and you're like, I can't right now. Yeah. And I was like, how do, I don't know. I think that everything has to mean something <laughs> for me. I agree. I, I have agree. this obsession with making my, even my trauma mean something, which mm-hmm. is like a trauma response. And we can talk about that another day. But... Uh, hello. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I want the title to mean something more than just like some words I put together. So right. I just started looking at um, a lot. I was, I mean, bell hooks, you know, mm-hmm. like Audre Lorde, like all these black women who, inspired me so much to to write this kind of book and to give people the language to because they gave me the language Mm -hmm. so I 
I picked up one of the books. It's Women on Brewster Street by Gloria Naylor. And she has a line where she's describing these women on this blog. And it's, um, they were sharp-edged and mm. tender-hearted or Aww. something like that. Or soft-centered. I, I don't know. It was something so beautiful and mm. nuanced. And like I highlighted it, I circled it. I was like, the it line of you. the book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I read that like in 2013. Oh, and wow. I was like, this is it. Because um, it's my, how I honor where I've come from and how yeah. things start to make sense. And it's also who I am am in the world like mm. you nobody's ever met me and been like wow but he's got so sweet yeah. like I wish I wish <laughs> I really really wish I mean yeah. the first time I found out that I wasn't seen as sweet I was like oh and my it was a friend who was like you know nobody would ever say you're sweet but you're Yikes. nice and I, was, I was like 16 like, <laughs> but Ouch. I think yeah and I hadn't even I had even gotten all my scars that made me a little tougher and a little mm. bit meaner and a little bit sharper and a little bit like, you're not going to fuck with me. Like <laughs> I will right. fuck you up. before There's, you there's a reason why. Yeah. 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 So like I, I do move through the world as somebody who's either love me or hate me. <laughs> mm. And I've had to accept that that's how my trauma has shaped me to be, yeah. to protect myself and protect all of the tender parts of me that have been mm. taken advantage of have been overlooked or have been silenced by all these systemic problems so right. it is it is me and I know it's not just me so mm. I was like here we are I love it I am so proud of you and I wish we could talk more about the journey from Huffington Post article to um, your own book on showing at Times Square. What was that moment like? Weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I almost bought a ticket the next day to go Just see to it see in it. person. And I, I was like, it. this is not a financially biased decision. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I would have encouraged it. There's only one moment to do this. I know. Until the next book. <laughs> I kept um, thinking like no like it'll it's not the first time just get used to it get used to exactly it. My- <laughs> until the next book right because it's gonna yeah. happen again yeah <laughs> I love it and the outpour from everybody how's it been I personally I have to admit I, I I skimmed a little bit but I am putting it on my Christmas list so that I like a physical book read so yeah, I'm like I yeah. can't wait till I can really dig in but that's it's me being transparent with you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. And I also don't think it's a it's not a light read. Like mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't write like cuentos to go to sleep with. Right. You know? <laughs> Thank you for so. the transparency as well, because that's real. It it could be really triggering. And there's mm. a lot of parts that you have to be prepared for. And people are like, I cry through this chapter. And I was like, oh, wow. Me too, girl. <laughs> yeah. And so, you wrote it through quarantine? Yeah. All wow. twenty twenty. I started How writing to September yeah Jesus that's like intense writing time because that was some of the hardest like for me it was some of the hardest time of my life same yeah <laughs> I was like crying by myself in this little room <laughs> yeah and putting just, it all down yeah trying to make sense of things trying wow. to find purpose to all mm. the sadness I hope you did I hope, I hope so you too. found some of the purpose <laughs> I, I, hope, think I, think. I think I'm looking at it <laughs> yeah 
yeah I you are so. you are the purpose <laughs> uh-huh. all right well um how as we officially close um how do you think individuals in society at large uh, must best support women of color um in this moment oh my god forever like benefit of the doubt to oppressed communities specifically oppressed communities um that are queer and women just grace Mm. like the ways that this society has attempted to clip our wings if not already clipped our wings has to be taken into consideration when we interact with each other when we are in conflict with each other Mm. when we are when we are in each other's presence I think that like I said it's it's we we're quick to dispose of certain communities and it's often women of color black indigenous women of color and so like we gotta we gotta write harder for us Mm. it's how we make it I love it I agree I think that that wing uh analogy is the perfect visual right and then like the ways we can also like band-aid and rebuild each other's wings when we really want to right with intention and with love um to really allow them to keep growing so we can keep flying I think it makes it that much more powerful yeah yeah. Uh, well, I can't wait till I can meet you in real life and hug you because now I'm like, oh, I, there's so many more things I wish I could ask. But of course, uh, we don't want to have uh, an incredibly long episode and people look at me sideways. But uh, uh, what can we expect next from you, Prisca? We're so grateful you're here. It was so great talking with you. Thank you. I'm I'm working on a lot of things. I'm hoping to sell my next three books next year. Yeah. So. How amazing. A lot of moving parts. And the publishing industry is really white, y'all. And they have opened the door. And y'all have bought the shit out of my book. Let's go. The door is staying open. And I'm going to run in with all my friends. (laughs) Let's go. I love it. That is the best thing that actually brought chills to my uh, body. Um, (laughs) So I only assume that that means more beautiful divine things are coming. So I am very excited and grateful to you and the platform you've created and the and and allowing yourself to to release on paper right because I think paper and and writing is such a powerful uh tangible tool that allows us to see beyond ourself um into the universe right and I I do think it just resonates so much with me especially I keep thinking of bell hooks, you know, where I'm like, wow, these people really allowed us to see ourselves so that we can keep building and keep um, allowing other people to see themselves. Um, And then again, to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and demanding for more and loving each other more. Um, So I'm just so excited for your journey. um, And I'm so glad that you were here with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yay. Um, and where, of course, can we find and follow your work if people don't already know at Latina Rebels, for one? Yeah, at Latina Rebels everywhere. Um, <laughs> I think even on TikTok, we got at Latina Rebels, which okay. I was like shocked by because I got it way after it got super <laughs> popular. <laughs> and Prisca Lorcas for me everywhere. So, awesome. yes. 
go buy her book, y'all. Maybe we can read it together. Um, I definitely am looking forward to it. I'm very like much an intentional reader. So I'm glad you um, preface that it is heavy, right? Because a lot of our our paths are heavy, but that's also um, what makes our journey beautiful. So thank you, Priska, for joining us today. Um, It's been an honor and I'm so glad um, you were here with us. So thank Thank you. Please come back anytime. I can't wait to meet you in real life one day soon. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you next time I'm in Dallas. Yeah. Oh God. We'll find each other somewhere else too, hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye friend. Bye. Yay. Uh, I feel so emotional. I feel like I need to go cry of like, um, just gratitude for all the beautiful people that I've met on this Decolores journey. Um, but yes, thank you again to Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez for joining us and, and sharing a bit more of her story with us. Do go support her work. Um, purchase her book. Definitely try to do that from like local bookstores and stuff because I know they, um, I think, get better percentages. And also like we don't want to support as much of these major entities, um, even though I know that's kind of hard not to do. Um, but it's been really beautiful to see her evolution and to have her in uh, the space I've created has also been um, kind of a full circle moment as well. So it's really exciting to have her on. Um, that means it's time for us to take some grounding, um, get a breath. Um, it is time for self-care corner. Uh, my self-care reminder for today um is to write shocker i know we just talked about it um and funny enough i'm like that is exactly what i've started to do more um through our patreon i have created a blog um in this blog i recently uh released a piece called disposal culture and it is all about um kind of what Priska and i were talking about towards the end of the interview which is that we often um, harm each other a lot um, in this process, in these spaces, um, even if that's not our intention. Um, And it takes a lot to really own what we've done to ourselves and to other people and to also believe that we can evolve and grow as people. And I do think something like writing, whether it's journaling um, or, you know, really going in depth with a creative story or just, you know, documenting um, your family's history or whatever it might be. I just think it's so powerful to tangibly put down your thoughts um, and creating a world if that's what you feel called to do. Um, So I definitely encourage you to write Um, even if you feel like you don't know what the hell you're doing or you don't know how to write or the, some teacher told you, you sucked at writing, um, go do it. Your words still mean something and deserve to be held. (laughs) Um, with that said, I'm going to pass our Brown and black business of the week to Pat as we officially wrap up the show. Hello. Hi. Um, so I'm obviously not in Texas, but I've been getting a lot of great recommendations of places I'm going to go to once I go back home. Um, So I'm actually going to be bringing our tech producer in again for uh, Black and Brown Business of the Week. Uh, He's told me about a coffee shop that I want to check out, Calcasa Azul Coffee in Northside, Fort Worth. So I'm going to bring Jeremy up so that way he can share some more info. Hello. So pretty much the the coffee shop is a local 
ran. Um, they're from the community of Northside too. So uh, it's definitely cool to see them uh, create something there and be kind of like the first to do it. Um, really affordable coffee too, two seventy five for two dollars and seventy five cents for regular drip and like three seventy five for cafe de olla, which is incredibly good. Mm, so. I can't wait to try that. And you can find them all at Casa Azul uh, Coffee on Instagram, and I believe they also have a Facebook page. They are located at three hundred West Central Avenue. Fort Worth, Texas, 76164. Y'all make sure to go get some coffee from them, support them. I'm excited to try it. Um, thank you, Jeremy, for recommending it. Yeah, that's our uh, Black and Brown Business of the Week. All right. That means it is time for Who You Got <laughs> with the Coco. Um, this is our last one of 2021. Um, let me know, Pat, who you got. I'm like, I'm trying to think. I was like, do I want to give like my favorite thing this year or like what? My favorite thing is in the moment. This is kind of hard. Um, Whatever your spirit tells you to do. Well, there's a lot of great stuff that's been coming out that I've been listening to. I do want to shout out Elado Negro's Far In album. That's probably the thing I've been listening to the most. Um, that Zenia Rubino's album, which I know I had recommended as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him on tour within the next year. Um, that's definitely something that's been heavy on my rotation as well as Japanese breakfast who I also have recommended in the one of our earlier episodes for this year Um, her album was really great as well and I'm hoping to see her in the future and like I said if y'all want to check out something that's not sex in the city check out Harlem it's very cute it's only 10 episodes long um and I like surprisingly was like, okay, this is cute. Like I can keep watching it and everybody on there is really attractive, which is also bonus points <laughs> to watch. But yeah, no, I, I recommend it. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. I know we've been watching like Sex Lives of College Girls and other shows that have been pretty cute. Um, but yeah. Who do you got? Who are you <laughs> listening to? What are you watching? Um, only one thing comes to mind. And I think you already mentioned it perhaps. Um, oh, this is just what I really enjoyed at the end of the year, which was Love Life season two. Um, really great series. Well done. Um, I was listening to Tea with Queen and Jay and they were kind of talking about um, how season one was very white. And I remember Pat watched it. Yeah, and I, I tried to watch told it. her I can't watch this. It's too white. I had and to watch it on my own. <laughs> I know because I was like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And Uh, which that's a whole nother conversation. Some things are so white that I'm like, yes, this feels white and I watch it. But then (laughs) there's other things that I'm like, I can't watch success and it's too white as well. Uh, (laughs) I tried it, but there's other things that it's like big little lies. I'm like, yeah, this feels very white and entertaining for me. But uh, anyways, my point is um, love life season two did a really great job at highlighting modern love and also bringing in these different issues um, from a perspective that felt very real and familiar. Um, and it was just really well done. And I really enjoyed seeing, um, you know, this version of modern love through the lens of this, you know, cishet black man, uh, done in a very refreshing way. So I really enjoyed that series, but obviously there was a lot of brilliant, um tv that we mentioned earlier that came out and also um music in general that's still coming out um but we've had a lot of great media to allow us to escape from a lot of the chaos that was 2021 so i'm just very grateful 
uh, for that. And I'm very grateful for everyone um, who did their best to create something this year because, man, has it been hell. And you are still here. And that is amazing. Um, so shout out to all the brilliant artists and creatives that allow us to escape in a book or a film or a TV show or an album um, and kind of get our mind off of um, what is our current reality, which is definitely heavy. Um, so shout out to everyone um, that made literally anything. <laughs> um, and I think with that, we can officially say this is our last episode of 2021. Um, I am very much looking forward to 2022 and what we have in store. Um, I can say that we are officially a certified business. Uh, we are the Colores Media. Um, so that is something very exciting for us. And, and though you might not personally see us in events at Dallas so much um, in the future, you will occasionally see us in Dallas is home forever. Um, and we have a lot more news and announcements coming. Um, we are also getting into the field of music management, um, mm -hmm. which is, I guess this is our first official announcement of that. Um, Pat, do you want to share who our artist is? Um, our artist is someone that we've always been a big supporter and um, fan of. It's been kind of great to be in time and like divine timing to put us together. But our artist is going to be Pretty Boy Aaron. Um, so we're real excited about that new venture with him and for him trusting us and what we're doing in our movement and that we're going to bring up together. Yeah, no, it's been super dope. Um, getting to know him better over the last uh, year and several months specifically. Um, but I'm just, that's where I'm like, there's a lot happening and we're just so grateful that we have um, you all, our listeners who really uh, kept us grounded and, and encouraged us to come back um, when it was very easy to say, you know what, we're tired. A lot has happened. My co-host is gone. We don't know what's going on. Um and you all have listened and we have more listeners than we ever have before. And so that means a lot to us. And um, for as long as we can keep creating and pushing the needle and having powerful conversations and, and uh, helping shift movements and culture, that's what Decolores will do. Um, as we also enjoy media and try to live life and heal ourselves at the same time, because we are literally all in this together. So we just got to um, remember to give each other grace and to continue to give us some time and take deep breaths and breathe. And <laughs> bell hook says we need rest as well. Like, so it's just important that we're all doing our thing. Definitely. I am excited for what's in store. Um, February is our official, like we first um, launched. Um, so that'll be our five years um, in existence. And then April is the first time we dropped an episode. So look forward to some exciting things to come um, around that time as well. Uh, we are looking forward to all these new changes. If we can bring up Jeremy, I want to shout him out again because um, he's been a big part of the Colores and the journey yes. from the jump. He was always in attendance at all the events, all the art shows, um, and he would always create amazing videos and have footage just because he was there and he cared. Uh, Jeremy, is there anything you want to share as we wrap up 2021 for the Colores Radio? No, he's a beautiful introvert, but he has a big heart and, and he has a brilliant mind uh, creatively as well. So I always encourage everyone to partner with him because he can make some magic happen. Yeah, for you support and follow him. Companies. 
Um, so shout out to our, our beautiful tech producer and friend, Jeremy. Um, and that is all we have for the Colores Radio today. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us this year. And honestly, the last five years. Um, this year was incredibly hard with all the changes, but we did it. And we have so much more in store as the Colores Media is coming your way. Uh, major thanks to our guests, Lanaya Roberts and Prisca Dorcas Mojica Rodriguez for sharing their art with us and with the world bringing their heart to us today here at the Colores Radio. A uh, special thank you to all our squirrel friends, homies, and rider dies on Patreon. Remember, you too can become a financial supporter of the De Colores Radio family, and you actually get exclusive early access to content. We truly cannot go on without your support. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a darn review. <laughs> We'd love to keep growing. So if something resonated with you in this episode, please share it, tweet it, post it, beep it, Facebook it, WhatsApp it, Bebo it, whatever TikTok you it. want to use to share. Um, oh. If any of our work has ever resonated with you, we are really pushing to um, hopefully gain some funding um, to become a sustainable business. Um, don't be afraid to reach out and follow us at The Colores Co., um, if you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Pat at Pat Arreguin, and Jeremy, what is your handle? Jeremy Piscina TX. Jeremy Piscina TX. Um, our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Our audio editor is Jeremy Piscina. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content, and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Support us on Patreon or visit us at decoloresradio.com. We love you. We are grateful for you. We will see you again in January. Thank you so much for being with us and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Happy 2022. Bye.